HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Did you know that oat milk uses a lot less water, less land, and creates far less greenhouse gases than cow's milk? This useful fact is brought to you by Oatly, the vegan oat milk originally from Sweden that's now available in the U.S. You can find out more useful facts than you'd ever want to know about oat milk at Oatly.com. That's O-A-T-L-Y dot com. This week on Meet and 3, we're ringing in the start of our fifth season with dispatches from Portland, Oregon's biggest food festival, Feast Portland. We're bringing you words of wisdom on launching a food business from food blogs. Most acquaintances from high school have now tried to start a food or fashion blog in some sense and quit very quickly afterwards. To ice cream shops. Every city you go to, the salt and straw is completely different than any other city. We'll bring you insights and anecdotes about the business of the business. We were like, cool, we're going to do this. We're going to try to raise $75,000 and we'll see what happens. And it was like the most gut-wrenching, miserable month. Tune in to Meet and 3, HRN's weekly food news roundup, wherever you listen to podcasts. I'm Allison Kane, and welcome to In the Sauce, a podcast about building consumer brands from the ground up. I love doing this show because I get to interview everyone from production gurus to marketing and social media mavens, anyone who can guide me on this crazy journey. This is the story of building Haven's Kitchen sauces, but it's also the story of every growing brand because we're all in the sauce. Today, I'm speaking with Kara Rubin, Vice President, Brand and Product Strategy of Just Water. Prior to joining Just, Kara spent a decade leading one of the largest regional business units for Whole Foods in the United States. Kara has also done independent strategic advisory work with clean label brands and natural channel retailers. She's been an advisor to the Rockefeller Foundation on the topic of food waste, and she's a lecturer at the NYU College of Food, Nutrition, and Public Health and the Institute for Culinary Education. She's also a mentor to entrepreneur cohorts in the Feud Future and Village Capital accelerators. You have like a very, such an impressive resume that I couldn't pronounce the words. <laughs> it's like very grown up, lovely resume. Um, I'm super psyched you're here. Welcome. I'm so happy to be here. Thanks um, for having me. You have uh, so much experience and I definitely want to talk about Just and I want to talk about your role there and all the things you've learned. But I also think for our listeners, your decade plus of experience at Whole Foods and consulting like other brands is going to be super helpful. Mm -hmm. Um, But before we get into all of the amazing things that you have to tell us, um, you grew up in Maine. Yes. And were you a food person? Were you a brand person? Did you think you wanted to be in food? Do you remember even knowing what you wanted to do? I don't, you know, I'm, I'm one of those people, I guess, who had a very long and circuitous route to the place I've, I've landed or landed 15 or so years ago at this right. point. Um, I, I was listening to uh, one of your other episodes earlier, and, and uh, the Mike Messerschmidt from uh-huh. Oatly mentioned that he asked his parents. Yes, he didn't remember <laughs> what he wanted to be. Because I didn't grew. either, so I you took his, I followed what, his lead. Really? I have, a, I have a pretty vivid memory of one moment, I don't know, it must have been six, seven, eight years right. old, something like that, telling, declaring in the backseat of the car that I wanted to be an astronomer. Okay. Um, 
my mom's recollection was uh, either a teacher right. or um, an architect. Yep, interesting. And all those, I, I remember moments where... You yeah, know, and I can see that. I wouldn't see you as being, I want to be a stand-up comedian or I, <laughs> no, I'm not a performer <laughs> um, or a conceptual body artist. No. Yeah, no, I can see architect or teacher. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and honestly, like I, I I think there, it's always easy to see like read the tea leaves in hindsight. Yeah. But um, you know, my grandfather um, ran a small um, butcher shop, mm-hmm. grocery store in yeah. the little town in further north in Maine, um, where I'm second generation Mainer. Yeah. Um, and you know, I, I, I think when I think back on the, um, why I decided to get into food in the first place, right. 15 odd years ago. Um, I, I, I just find the, the, the stories that people, yeah. you know, um, yeah let it impact their lives really compelling and and so much of that can be tied back to, to food, food and yep. culture and it's why I went back to school to study food because mm-hmm. I think for those of us that are interested in history or religion or you know gender issues or class issues or any sort of like anything about people mm-hmm. and a, and about the way people organize themselves and how to help people it really does come back to what mm-hmm. they eat and what they drink and what they have access to and what they grow and mm-hmm. what they share together, mm-hmm. who they'll eat with, who they won't eat with, mm-hmm. you know? So food is, food, you know, I mean, food is, food is everything. <laughs> exactly. um, and then you ended up going to Duke, which again, I don't know how I keep having Duke. <laughs> Duke should be sponsored. <laughs> Hey, Duke. Um, I don't know why we have so many people on here from there, but it's just kind of weird. But you did not study anything related to business or food or branding or marketing. You studied English and women's studies. Yes. And did you think you were going to be, like, I thought I was going to be a college professor. Did you think you were going to go into teaching or did you? You know, I, I, no, not teaching at that point. Um, I, I, I think I, I toyed with the idea of maybe publishing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, you know, it was a long time ago. Yes. <laughs> um, We're the same age. <laughs> um, all good with that. But, you know, it, it's it's interesting being this age and realizing yeah. how, uh, you know, you have kids, I have, I have little kids, and thinking about their paths that they're setting out on in the world and um, how many phases we go through, right? Yep. Like, it's... Yeah. it's it's not even necess- more so it's now. So unnecessary to have yep. a to know path what you laid do. out so clearly because yep. life happens to you, totally. and and to allow yourself the space and the flexibility to change your mind and realize yep. that you've okay, I'm I, this is awesome. Yeah. I hadn't thought about that before, and I'm going to go in that direction now, I like, know. and not beat yourself up about it because you've spent so much time right. doing something else. Because one of the things <clears throat> that I've definitely learned doing the interviews for this show is that everything that you've done in the past does bring you to where you yeah, are now, 100%. and like the you know Mike's example, like his work in the military taught him a lot of lessons that were very applicable Mm -hmm. to leading a team in consumer packaged goods Mm -hmm. or, you know, all of the different stories Mm -hmm. that people have, which is why I kind of like asking Mm -hmm. about the story because Mm -hmm. it does inform what you bring. I mean, you know, and, and knowing your personality type and how it fits into like your experience and then into what you're doing now. And I think, yeah, I think one of the big things that keeps people back from trying new things is that they think, well, I'm not a fill in the blank, you know, me, I'm not a businessy person, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe I am a businessy person. What does that even mean? You know, as you grow into it, you kind of learn that there isn't, you know, save for like, I'm probably not going to launch a rocket in this lifetime, you know, because I probably would have. And that's okay. That's okay. That's it's all right. okay. Um, so you did, you were in the nonprofit world when you graduated. Mm-hmm. And then how did you decide to go to business school? And why did you go to business school? Um, you know, I, I, I don't have a good answer to that. I mm-hmm. think I, um, I wanted to, I, I was working in, I had traveled through the Middle East. I spent a lot of time in Israel after graduating from school. The nonprofit work that, w- that I ended up doing was related to that. And I, I think I wanted to find, I know I, I remember writing an essay about wanting to find a, a way to come at that um, sort of arena, but from a 
for-profit angle right. in some way. You're also not the and first person that's <laughs> channel, like gone from nonprofit to profit on this show too. Yeah, and yeah. it's you know it's interesting that the um, again circuitous path, but I've landed in a place where the you know the ethos, the reason that there's a you know purpose driven is a is, right. a, is a term and a, a you know it's a real. Um, driver of, yeah. of a lot of businesses these days, that idea of finding purpose and, and it's real. That's absolutely right. a, a real thing. It, it, that's another thing that like, I'm, I'm just thinking about this now that that's a, um, a bit of a common denominator. Yeah. Um, but, uh, anyway, that, that was my thought process going into business school. The, the one piece of advice I, if anyone things to ask me, you know, why I go to business school. You are the what? guest on the show, so <laughs> this is your arena. The one, the one piece of advice that I typically give is have, be super clear about what it is you want to get out of it right. before you go into it, because yeah. honestly, I didn't. Right. And, you know, I was I was in business school also a long time ago, Right. Um, and at a time where the, you know, the technology industry was taking off, and I had no idea what that all meant, right. but... Um, I went to Michigan, you know, it's a, it's a fantastic program. There are a lot of people coming at you with all sorts of different opportunities Mm -hmm. and it's easy to get distracted or, um, lose your, to lose your focus. And if you do, especially if you don't have it going in. Do you remember the part of business school that like one class where you were sitting there and you're like, Oh, this is cool. Like, do you remember that at all? Or was it just sort of, you were there and you felt a little lost and at least maybe you graduated with a degree and (laughs) some contacts, like how, what, you know, I, um, I took a lot of satisfaction and I I felt like I was learning a couple different languages at once. Right. You know, I didn't accounting. Yeah. No, you weren't English and a woman's vocabulary for me. So I think, you know, and there, one of the things I liked about Michigan was that they're, you know, they were actually interested in having someone like me with the background that I had at that point in time be part of that class. Um, And there were a lot of people with a lot of different backgrounds. A handful of people who'd come from the nonprofit space. And there are also, you know, plenty of people who had come from finance or management consulting and were intending to go back in that direction. And this is a box they had to check and maybe their companies were paying for it. This was completely new landscape for me. So, you know, it was a it was a, an enormous learning experience, um, one that I, I really value. Um, but I, I think that's also one that you know, I wouldn't say I have regrets. But right. if I were going to redo it, I, I'd do Maybe it differently. It, yeah. Or I don't know about skip it, but right. do it differently. Got it. And then how did you end up? Did you go straight to Whole Foods after that, or no? Yeah. So <laughs> what was next? Twisting path. Yeah. Um, I I ended up. I think I, I was working for a consulting firm, like standard sort of management consulting firm, mm-hmm. for a bit. I I were, ended up working for a private equity firm for a minute. Wow. <laughs> but none of which resonated with me, and and it was a lot of you know the universe pointing me in in ways that I wasn't necessarily really conscious of how it was yep. happening, but. Um, I, um, you know, the, um, those jobs were just ultimately, you know, fundamentally not right for me. And over time though, I was developing an interest in, I live in New York city, like, you know, there's an incredible, um, um, place to explore things related to food. And it was the beginning of what's now this, this, fundamental part of the zeitgeist I think yeah is, you know conversation so this was like around, around 2000 or like a little uh, yeah right. a couple years after that it was it 2002 2003 right. or so and um I actually this was a not just a t- windy part of the path it was a hard right turn right. <laughs> <laughs> um I decided to move back to Maine um, wow. for, I wasn't sure how long. Right. Um, there's a small, uh, importing business up there called the Rogers collection. And I know the Rogers collection. Yep. Amazing. Yep. Um, and I was able to work, um, with them to get my foot in the door and I worked for free for wow. two or three months, I think it was. And yeah. then I worked for a very nominal paycheck for right. the balance of that Just to year. be in the world of food business. Just to, just to do it. Yeah. Um, get my foot in the door and... Um, that was, that was an extraordinary opportunity to, yeah. um, to get that initial education, um, and, and the network 
Yes. Honestly, that's where yeah. my food network began. Yeah, um, very cool. And, and then I came back. Yep. I uh, worked with uh, the team at Gourmet Garage, actually, uh -huh. for about a year and a half as a buyer. Yeah. And um, at that point, um, the opportunity at, at Whole Foods came up, again, serendipitously through no, I mean, the network. I happened so cool. to meet the guy who was the... Uh, store team leader at the time at Union Square, right. and um, he let me know that there was a job opportunity open, and I was fortunate. Um, this was a, a regional position. Um, actually, my I think I, my job title over my decade at Whole Foods didn't actually change right. much. I, I think I started as an associate and ended up being the director. Um, uh, but the region itself grew tremendously. Right. I started when there were about 13 stores, I think, in wow. the Northeast region, and now there are 44. close to 45. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah. And so what was your job, basically, for those 10 years, more or less? So I was focused solely on what's basically the center of the store, um, uh, the grocery department. So that's all dry goods, dairy, frozen and bulk products, the things you put in. Right. Is it what John foods. now is? John was on my team. Right. He's the, he was the buyer when I was there and he still is. Right. Got mm -hmm. it. And so, I mean, this is where I want to get kind of into nitty gritty because you've seen so many brands and you've watched it, I mean, for a, almost 20 years. And my guess is that there's um, some common denominators of what you've seen that really has worked and probably what you've seen that really hasn't worked. And, you know, if you can just sort of like hover over that, you know, two decades mm -hmm. and think like, okay, you know, what are the biggest mistakes that you've seen brands make? Things that had potential legs, brands that had good products and good people and didn't make it. Like, mm -hmm. what do you think were sort of like the root problems? And then separately, you know, what do you think that those of us, you know, those of us that are like trying to succeed can do to really get, you know, get over each tranche as mm -hmm, we, as mm -hmm. we keep growing? Mm -hmm. It's a little difficult to answer that question only because I think that's a long period of time yeah. and the, the world that we're all playing in right now is so different yeah. than it was even just five, years five ago. six, seven years ago. Yeah. Um, in large part because of, uh, well, a couple different factors. I wasn't going to say um, to a certain degree because of the changes that Whole Foods has gone through. Mm -hmm. um, but also just that, you know, the world is a different place, yeah. so dramatically yeah, different. Yeah, and digital. I mean, um, the digital, way that people right. shop for the food The fact is that you have right. so many brands um, just within less time than that, you know, the right. last two, three years launching exclusively DTC and, yeah. um, and exploring different, different channel strategies. And, right. um, it's, it's for years at this point, it has not been necessary to follow that well-worn path for a very long time. You know, if you had a, an organic brand or, or a natural clean ingredient brand, um, that, that sort of path was, go to your local Whole Foods, talk to the buyer on the mm -hmm. floor of the store. They had the authority to make product decisions and put product on the shelf. And right. if they liked what you were bringing to the table, they might put it on the, on the shelf in their store. You go all in there and support that, um, your, your product there. If it goes well, you, you know, end up talking to, um, one of the local foragers or, right. or John directly. And, you know, that you expand to a couple of stores beyond your local <laughs> yep. uh, location and then to the whole region and then to a handful of regions right. and then more broadly. And that gave you the credibility to go talk to other retailers right. like Whole Foods was the proving ground. Which by um, the way, I mean, I know that things have changed. I'm going to just challenge one thing. Because I do, I understand that there are all these digitally native brands now and that like the game has changed and the way people buy food is changing and 20% is going to be online by 2025, yada, yada. I still like that well-worn path. And for a brand like ours, that actually mm -hmm. is the well-worn mm -hmm. path. And it, it kind of is, it's, it, it still works. It's like, I don't know, someone told me a long time ago in my, in my brick and mortar business that your annual sales shouldn't be less than 10 X your rent. So if you know, mm -hmm. you get it. Mm -hmm. Um, 
And all these rules have changed. There's so many things that have mm-hmm. changed in the mm-hmm. business, but that fundamental rule mm-hmm. isn't really going anywhere. You know, I mean, I think what you just said, even though it sounds a little bit almost hokey, it's actually the way to build a really good business. You know, you work out all your problems when you're small and mm-hmm. you keep growing and growing and growing. A thousand percent. You know, so. And that's to go back to your yeah. original question. I think that's a mistake that, um, especially these days with so much money being right. channeled into this sector, um, I think people, it's very easy to lose sight of um, your original goals, yep. your original mission. Um, it's very easy to be um, redirected in what your, um, you know, what your, your operation should, should be and what your financial, what yep. the financial expectations should be. Right. Um, because at the, at the end of the day, like we're, you know, I know nothing about the software industry except for the fact that it's not tangible, right? right? Yeah, food tech isn't is, food. Food, yeah, food is tangible. Yes. and there are a lot of people involved and in sunshine, in bringing it mm-hmm. to yeah, yeah, <laughs> weather, uh, insects, yes, um, uh, you know, yeah. people, yep. trucks yep. <laughs> that break down. Yeah, I mean, I think um, I think it's we do talk about that a lot here. I'm I'm a little bit of a, I think like a Luddite and I bang my fist on the table a little bit. I you know, at the end of the day, you can't have valuations on food products the way that you can on tech. And right. I think a lot of the venture money has sort of like come in and they're like just go big and and go big fast and right. you know, make your yeah. mistakes on the fly and that's easy to do in a certain industry. It's mm-hmm. very hard to do mm-hmm. unless you have a mm-hmm. lot of money to make those mistakes right. in food. And and you're right, there is pressure. You know, if you're being if your valuation of your company is based on, you know, three to five X your sales, then your goal is to get those sales right. up as fast as possible so you can get more money for the next right. thing that you need right. to do, which kind of is counter to like slow and steady wins the race and like focus on each account right. and build those velocities mm-hmm. and you know there's got to be something kind of in the so would you say that the mistakes that you've seen are people trying to go too fast mm-hmm. too soon 100 yeah. percent, yeah and also maybe letting other people tell them what their businesses should be and, yes. and which just... I'm, I'm sure is an extraordinarily difficult thing to realize is happening to you in the yeah. moment um yeah, but that's I think from the outside, especially in the the you know the buyer seat at Whole Foods, um, being on that side of, of the table, um, that's the refrain that uh, would come up time and time again, especially with smaller um, earlier stage brands right. that that we were trying to shepherd and cultivate. That's frankly that's why the local forager role was created. Yeah, um, was to be a resource for. Some of these brands that, you know, again, Whole Foods, and it's one of many, many ways in which Whole Foods led and was on the vanguard yeah. of, of fostering um, brands that would be alternatives to the, the you know, mass market CPG right. that, you know, might try to sort of retrofit their way back into right. this, this, chain, this channel that was, was growing so rapidly when, yep. when the conventional options weren't. Um, and... Uh, I know it's hard. I know, yeah. you know, I, I'm, we're in a position right now where we don't have, we are, are um, uh, the community involved in just is a small one and right. private one. Well, that was so one we of the things I was going to actually ask. have that kind of pressure from yeah. an external VC structure, right? which is good. Yeah. I mean, because you're in a great position to be able to take, I mean, the flip of what you were saying were the were sort of like the liabilities, the flip or the assets, right? Mm-hmm. Know who you are, know what your brand stands for, yeah. expand in yeah. a way that makes the most sense to you and your yeah. brand and your value system. Yeah. And I think, you know, I think in large part because of all of the money coming into this um, industry, uh, it, it's a gold rush happening. Like yeah. I think there, there were a couple of brands early on that, that, made headlines for the kind when they, when they, um, you know, either went into some sort of partnership or were acquired by Mm -hmm. a big CPG brand. And and those, those numbers are impressive. Yep. Um, and, but, but again, how many, how many, you look at Expo West and the the, the thousands and thousands and how, how that show has, has grown, um, so much just over, you know, 
the last handful of years. Um, how many of you, them are? How actually many of them are actually? Right. Got, you know, it's a tiny fraction, right? Yep. Um, but so you know, there's a gold rush thing happening, and but those brands that are continuing to make those kind of headlines are brands that have been around for a decade yep. at this point. Yep. Um, and they've really put their time in and have really yep. put in the effort and the thought and have made mistakes and recovered from them and learned from them. Right. And, and it doesn't happen in two Overnight. or three years. Right. It doesn't. No, and so I, you have yeah. really have to be um, respectful of that process. timeline and yep. that process. Yeah. I, I think it's interesting to... Because it's even, you know, even I was just talking about like going from like a few stores to more stores, all within Whole Foods and then to regions and then global and Mm -hmm. then other, you know, conventional and, Mm -hmm. you know, it takes a while, even when you sit down and you're like, yes, this is who we are and this is what we're doing. It takes a long time to like actually see all the tentacles of that Mm -hmm. and really figure out, you know, what your identity is and how it how it translates to different forms mm-hmm. of communication. You can't write a manifesto, launch a product in 500 stores, and then have it just all come together. You right. also aren't just, you're just not going to be able to buy right. the consumer love that right. you need to build. It's just, 100%. I mean, at least in my opinion. Especially with food. Again, right. it's too, you know, we live in a world where it's, it's very easy to see through something yeah. that's just a, um, a, a, smoke and mirror you can probably see statement. <laughs> poor thing you probably walk in the store and you're like eh, eh. Um, um i so, will say though yeah. that one of the things that as far as like how the dynamic has changed and yeah. that you know talking about that that path from whole foods to um a broader grocery uh footprint brick and mortar grocery footprint that that's changed in the sense that there are i think many many more channels to yeah. for brands to consider and that's exciting. I mean, that's been really exciting for me yeah. in my current role to um, realize the degree to which we can build a successful business outside of right. that conventional channel. And But that also has everything to do with the kind of product right. we have. Right. I don't think a fresh our sauce. strategy yep. would apply in, yeah. Yeah, in your case. Well, I want to take a quick break, and then I want to come back and start talking about Just. And... I do want to talk about that sort of channel strategy stuff because I feel like it's not something that we've really touched on a lot on these shows. And people say brand, you know, and retail and distribution and channel and, you know, it could be a little confusing. So Mm -hmm. I want to go through it. So we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. In the Sauce is brought to you by Oatly, the vegan plant-based oat milk originally from Sweden that's now making their oat milk on this side of the Atlantic. About 30 years ago, in a small town in Sweden, a scientist invented oat milk, and everyone thought he was totally crazy. But remember, back then, vegans were weirdos on the fringes of society. Unlike today, when vegans are everywhere and include some of the world's most famous weirdos and non-weirdos on Earth. Actually, it is true that today more and more people in the U.S. and around the world are starting to understand the benefits of eating and drinking plants so their bodies feel good and the planet can cope better with the impact we humans place on it. So here's a sort of deep question. If 30 years ago people thought oat milk was a ridiculous idea, imagine how different people's beliefs about food could be in 30 years from now. Are we going to be looking back on our barbaric meat-eating ancestors of the early 2000s? Anyway, since this is an ad for Oatly, I should mention that one easy way to go more plant-based is just to switch from cow's milk to oat milk. It tastes really great, it foams really well, and you can just ask the baristas at Haven's Kitchen how popular it is. To find out more than you'd ever want to know about oat milk, go to Oatly.com. That's O-A-T-L-Y.com. Or look for Oatly on Instagram at O-A-T-L-Y. Hi, I'm back with Kara Rubin, uh, Vice President of Brand and Product Strategy at Just Water. So we're going to skip ahead to, you consulted a little bit, you helped some brands, you you got out of the whole food side and onto the brand side, and then you <clears throat> kind of, I mean, I think you kind of got recruited for Just. 
Yeah, Ira Laufer, who's our CEO, uh, he and I actually did some consulting work together. Mm -hmm. And he was approached about taking over the CEO role of Just and asked me to join him. Yeah, um, which is very cool. Mm -hmm. and, you, and you were brought in specifically like to do what? I mean, what was your sort of like your job description? <laughs> it, the, there wasn't a job description that was presented to me. Um, I, I had, you know, it was an opportunity that I had been waiting for and right. sort of a dreamy, super dreamy scenario yeah. where, you know, we had worked together and Ira had this, this opportunity arise for him and he said, come do this with me. You can do whatever you want. Right. Which is so cool. Um, and what did and, you want to do? Um, well, you know, that's why I spent time doing the consulting work that I did. Cause mm -hmm. I, I left Whole Foods. I knew a handful of things I was certain I didn't want to do. Um, right. I didn't know for sure. I had a sense, but I didn't know for sure the answer to the question, well, what do you want to do? Right. Um, so I gave myself a little bit of time to do that learning. Um, and you know, I think, you know, coming back to those like hindsight on my, um, what's gotten to me to mm -hmm. where I am, um, I think I have a decently well-balanced brain for things that are analytical and creative both. Yeah. And that's always been in the back of my mind that I want, I wanted to learn more about how to um, really the, build a right. brand and go deep in a brand. I think, you know, that my time at Whole Foods, I certainly had an understanding of uh, what makes a brand successful at retail from a very high and, and, broad level, yeah. um, but I, I was looking for that opportunity to go deep and really make it happen myself. Right. Um, and then, uh, you know, the, the, my title is brand and product strategy. So I, I oversee marketing and I, um, I also oversee product development. Um, and I felt pretty strongly about wanting to be involved deeply in that part of the, um, right. process because that's where my passion truly lies is ensuring that, you know, if I was going to be involved in, in not only building a brand, but building the substance behind right. a company, which is the products that we make, right. um, I wanted to have some influence and ownership over exactly how they yeah. are made. And I, I can talk a little bit about how we um, developed our infused line, which is yeah. I mean, I, one of the things I did from the start. That's very cool. Let, yeah. I mean, I, let's talk a little bit about Just Water. Um, you know, it's, it's like, you can see it on the shelf. I mean, the thing is like from a brand perspective, it's fantastic, right? Because it's Thanks. these bright, pretty boxes of water. Mm -hmm. The font is cool. It says just, you know, I think that it, I, it's kind of, it's an interesting place to come in into the bottled water world, you know, and I think you guys have done a really good job sort of saying your first choice should be if you have access to good municipal tap water you should drink it mm -hmm. but for the rest of you who need a better alternative to the plastic bottles that are out there mm -hmm. here's why we're better mm -hmm. um so why are you better <laughs> <laughs> um just is 100 percent spring water from upstate new york which we source uh, sustainably um packaged in a plant-based bottle. The, there are 82% of the materials that go into this carton start out as plants. The trees that go into making the uh, paperboard uh, come from FSC-managed forests, and the cap and the shoulder are made from sugar cane. Right. And because of that, because plants are renewable, they can be regrown, they pull carbon out of the air as they're growing because so, many, so much of the material in this carton start out with those inputs. Ultimately, the carbon footprint of this carton is lower than any other uh, right. packaging material in the market today. Do you think, I mean, speaking about branding and like getting the message out there, I, I, I mean, you know, our pouches, we, the way you recycle our pouches is through TerraCycle, mm -hmm. right? They're mm -hmm. not municipally recyclable. Mm -hmm. From a like net fuel, water, mm -hmm. carbon, all of it, significantly less, you mm -hmm. know, negative impact on mm -hmm. the environment than a glass jar. Mm -hmm. Have you found it hard? I find that I'm, I, it's a very long way of sort of saying, because people, mm -hmm. the first thing they say is, are they recyclable, mm -hmm. right? <laughs> and I'm like, well, it's, it's more nuanced than that. Mm -hmm. There's more to it than that. But by the time I get there, I've lost them. So now I'm just like, yes, through TerraCycle, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. Do you have any specific way of getting that messaging through? Or like, do you talk about it in a certain so way? So we yeah. talk about this every single day. Yeah. Um, we're, we're, all of our um, 
discussions about how we want to communicate about about just and what just stands for are these days coming back to exactly what you just touched on. Yeah. And um, we just did a, a collab with Allbirds, and uh-huh. um, I think they they're interested in in talking about the same message. The the bigger conversation needs to be about anything, a product, right. a, a material, um, you know, clothing, the the full story of yeah. an item's carbon footprint in its entirety. Yeah. And that's, uh, in order to do that, you have to take into account everything that goes in on the front end at the beginning, what happens in the middle. Distribution, yep. Exactly. And and then how it, what happens on the tail, how it gets used. Yep. And what happens on the tail end. So, it, you know, there's a, it's very much a narrative with a, a beginning, a middle, and an end. Yep. And um, you know, we, we talk about the fact that 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 um, notion of re- reduce, reuse, recycle was originally intended to be a priority ranking. Ranking. Right. So the the first and foremost is about reducing. <laughs> yeah. And then you know, once you've done that, look at what you do need to to use in your life and right. reuse it. Yep. And then recycle it when when it's done when you when you're done with it when its useful life is finished. Um, I think we've been conditioned over many decades at this point to uh, to focus solely on recycling. Yeah. And honestly, I mean, it's understandable as individuals. Like that's the way you can um, understand that you're making a contribution right. that you're doing things the right way. Yeah. The problem with Um, it, I think, is that, you know, my kids, for example, I have five teenagers, right? They know 75% of our waste is actually recyclable. And then they know that probably 20 to 25, if that, of that 75% is actually recycled mm -hmm, when you put it mm -hmm, in the bag. mm -hmm. And there's a cynicism that comes out of that, right? Mm -hmm. Like, sometimes they're like, mom, honestly, like, the, you're putting it in that bag, they're going to mm-hmm. put them all in the same place. Mm-hmm. Like, It's a shame in a way that we've mm-hmm. gotten so reductive about the messaging that people are starting to see the holes in it and then they think the whole thing is a sham in a way, mm-hmm. you know? And mm-hmm. so I think there is room, but you're also educating people on where the water's from yeah. and yeah. what a B Corp I mean, is. The, the, we've and, got, know, we, there's so many things to educate on and it's hard yeah. when you also just want to sell your product yeah. and make people happy. Right. Right. You know. And, um, you know, I, that was, that was another thing that, that, um, uh, we, uh, that I was tasked with when I first came on board at just, um, was to overhaul the, the packaging design. Oh, really? Um, you did which a great job. <laughs> involved the side panels of our, of our carton, um, more so than the front. Right. Um, because we wanted to create that, you know, that brands aren't built on, uh, on data right. <laughs> at the end of the day. Brands are built from a consumer standpoint, at least on creating a, an emotional tie. Mm-hmm. Um, you want to feel something when you are, um, you know, incorporating a product into your life. You want to feel yep. something about it. Yep. Um, so we did a lot of work to think through that to explain these details that can get really wonky really quickly and go yep. down these rabbit holes that no one wants to know about. And you think like, I, it's just too, de- it's right. sad and depressing and I don't want to think about it. Yep. How to, how to distill all that and make sure that we're touching on those issues, but also conveying messages like justice about goodness and, and shining light on goodness in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, just is about doing the right thing as best you possibly can. Right. And acknowledging that we are all human right. We, we, because it's we very wanna... easy to say, I'm not going to be perfect, so I'm not going to do anything, you know? Right. It's, but it's this is an very, opportunity, yeah. like, for your kids. Um, and, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's interesting that you say that because as you were, you were saying what you just said about your, about your kids, I, I was excited actually to think that, you know, um, that cohort is, was really able to see through. Absolutely. Um, and, and it's, a, you know, Friends of mine who have kids that age too, or you know, just just anyone who's who's um, a little, quite a bit younger, mm-hmm. um, gets this yep. right away. Gets what just is yep. on an intuitive level, um, and they they're also they're immersed in that notion of an entire carbon footprint in the same way we were immersed in the idea of having to recycle yep. from an early age. So I, I think there's a lot of um, you know, a lot of potential to, and, and, and this is where I, you know, my current role is, is really gratifying and, and 
interesting to me to think about how, how do you distill this message that's so layered? Right. And you can go in any one of these different, anyone down and down yeah. any one of these avenues um, and tell a really interesting, compelling story. We have to prioritize and, and right. pick among them. Um, but at the end of the day, if you go down any of them, if you spend time, you know, navigating through our website, again, it all comes back to doing things the right way right. and being super transparent about it and honest about it. And I right. think we, that's the way that, that we connect with the people that 100%. are going to love what because they're buying. We will, right. we will say things like what you just said. Right. Um, if you have access to good, clean drinking water and your Drink it. tap water and, <laughs> and, 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 you know, A, know that you're fortunate. Right. B, drink it. Yeah. Um, don't, don't buy a carton of just. Right. Um, but if you are in a situation where you don't have that access for whatever reason, it might be temporary. It might not be. Right. Just is a better option than right. plastic, aluminum, glass. Right. Amazing. Okay. So going back to sort of like the, the, the strategy piece. Mm-hmm. Um, so can you, so when you came in, were you, were you also sort of like thinking about what we think of as like channel strategy, like where this is going to work best, how we're going to launch it and all that. Mm-hmm. Can you break that down a little bit for some people listening? Because t- my understanding is that it's, there's like natural, there's conventional, there's club, there's mm-hmm. mass, there's like food service, there's mm-hmm. e-commerce. Like mm-hmm. th- are those all sort of like different channels and do you, do you prioritize within them and then think about how you're going to kind of like, what, what's the process? Right. And um, is that, is that right? <laughs> for us, we, Generally, yes, mm-hmm. um, we we think about it in the way you just described. Um, I, you know, when we came on board, um, the 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 company was struggling, mm-hmm. honestly, and um, and there was a lot of adjusting of that channel channel strategy in terms of of thinking about the proportion of um, attention and resources that were given to certain strategies. I think right. you know, again, uh, from. For beverages, the historical well-worn path yes. um, was to saturate the yep. market and get in get your product into yeah giant case stacks on the floor of every grocery store you yep. possibly could. Every get bodega, in with every yep. bodega, which means getting in with every DSD. Yep, and that's that just direct. <laughs> Direct service distribution. Distribution. <laughs> so just to clear it up for anyone listening, that's, you know, the difference between like a UNFI or when, if you listen to Chris from Dora's. So DST will, um, they kind of act as a broker in mm-hmm. a way for a lot of the stores that they can get to. And they also act oftentimes as like a merchandiser. Not, not that they're going to be straightening your product on the shelf, but that they're going to be actually putting your product on the shelf directly as opposed to dropping it off at the warehouse. Right. Okay. Carry on. Um, <laughs> so, so you guys so decided we to, not to we, do that. Right. Yeah. Well, we, um, we didn't pull back entirely, but we pulled back significantly from particularly from that DSD channel because it just wasn't, it wasn't viable financially. It's very expensive. Um, and yeah, that, I mean, that's, that's one thing I think you could, probably talk to that as well as I could uh, around the expenses related yeah. with dealing with distributors and, and especially I think that's in the this upside. Region. That's the upside to thinking about a direct model. There, yeah. there are pros and cons to all. And right. the, you know, the, um, you know, coming back to the idea that you have to create your strategy and stick to it. Yep. And if you build a, a realistic business plan, yep. um, on, on that strategy, stick to it. And it should, if you know, it, it should over time. Right. <laughs> come to fruition. So I was, um, I feel like I, I feel like just recently, like I was at a little hotel when I dropped my daughter off at college or I was at the airport or I feel like just is in more, you know, place. Like, I don't feel like I see it in bodegas or at, in end caps Mm -mm. in grocery stores. I feel like I see it in, for lack of a better word, like food service yep. type of scenarios. Right. Is, is that so a that's channel what, strategy? Yeah, we, right. we, you know, the first several months when we came on board two and a half years ago was, was realigning mm-hmm. um, that strategy and, um, and thinking about where we'd see the most um, stable financial uh, benefit. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And we already had a couple at that point in time. Um, we, you know, we already had a handful of partnerships in that kind of space. We call them the mission-aligned partnerships. Right. Um, so, I mean, Just has a very clear mission. I was talking about yeah. it earlier. Um, there are plenty of, uh, of organizations of one sort or another that have, have set out sustainability goals for their, um, for their organizations. And those are the conversations where it's, it's a relatively easy sell. Right. It's, you know, we're not out there trying to sell solar panels or new, you know, um, whatever, right. name your, <laughs> name your <laughs> sustainable technology that that's hard to right. grapple with from either an infrastructure uh, right. you know, cost standpoint, right. um, it's a one stop. Uh, one, this is an a, easy thing for you to swap out. out. Exactly. Right. Um, and, uh, so we have a number, we've had a, a, quite a lot of success in, right. in those conversations, which, um, from the outside, what, you know, you probably could define it as, as a food service channel. Right. Um, but we, think of them as mission aligned partnerships because that's the common denominator between an American Airlines which has just in all of their right. uh, in all of their lounges around the country cool. to the Houston Zoo um, we work right. with a handful of zoos and aquariums around the country which is fantastic it's a great I mean, um, I mean for founders out there it's a great way of thinking a little bit outside the box mm-hmm. too right like you don't Think of what your product is a direct swap for and mm-hmm. go to places that buy a lot of that mm-hmm. as opposed to trying to build account by account and mm-hmm. store by store and mm-hmm. door by door, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's... it's So you were going to say something about the new flavors and okay. how you you did something. So I want to hear about that. <laughs> um, yeah, I, you know, I developed them. Um, how did you it know was it was a... time to develop them? Like, when did you decide to innovate, or was it always that in the plan? That was something, it, it, it was always in the plan. Right. Uh, it, um, it was important when we came on board to um, to expand the footprint that just uh, occupied right. on the shelf at the retailers where we where we were right. seeing, having some success, including Whole Foods. Right. Um, to, to build that offering and... Um, uh, and we've, you know, we've, since we've launched, we, we are seeing that happen and the, the, all of the boats and, and as far as our SKUs, all of them are, are, yeah. um, improving in, in terms of performance yeah. with the addition of the infused options on the shelf. Yeah. Um, so, you know, there, we, but, you, the new, so sorry to interrupt you, but mm-hmm. the, so like when we introduced two new SKUs, the velocities of the mm-hmm. original three SKUs went up. Mm-hmm. Is that just a normal thing that happens because typical. you're taking more space yep. and you look like a bigger, badder yep. brand? Mm-hmm. Okay. So. Mm-hmm. The original blue bottle got more attention yep. once you added the green and the yellow yep. and the orange. Okay, cool. I just wanted to clarify that that's what you meant. But okay. we, um, you know, I again, like I said, I, I felt strongly coming into this this role that I I wanted to have some influence over the development of new products because of that. You know, that was something that I was very much immersed in, right. having come out of Whole Foods and um, aware of the. Um, the you know the more nuanced kinds of conversations that's going on in in um, now less so but you know even two and a half years ago or so more like corners of of this community around ingredients yeah um, and you know we're not talking about something that has um, a, a very complex ingredient deck right. on, on the back um, panel uh, but I didn't want to take the easy route I wanted yep. to do right by this brand right. and, and really set, try and set a different bar. So, um, I didn't know exactly what that meant. Right. <laughs> I did know that I didn't want to just default to natural flavors. Right. Um, so, you know, I, I partnered with someone I'd met through, you know, doing some consulting work and, uh, and, and worked with him to, um, uh, formulate what became infused using, um, ingredients that are called essences, right? And um, essences so cool. are are basically just distillates. So you, you boil uh, water with, you know, we, we our lemon, tangerine rinds, mint mm-hmm. leaves, uh, blackberries, and cherries. You, you boil the water with the plant matter. Yeah. Collect the condensation. That's the uh, right. result of that process. And when it reconstitutes as water, it's intensely flavored with the plant matter you wow, started that's with. that's so cool. It is very cool. And yeah. <laughs> um, it's not new technology, but right. it's not easy. It's also not easy to work with. Right. And it's not the cheapest Because you have to option. capture yeah. steam. Yes. And um, 
it's also it doesn't work really well with all flavors. So right. like we are never going to have, you know, watermelon doesn't right. it, you just it's it you don't it, the process doesn't work very yep. well with particularly with very very watery fruits. Interesting. Um, so you know we um, we have to kind of rein in expectations around that. Like right. we're we're never going to be a brand that has twenty seven different flavors. But we we were very selective about the flavors that we did feel would be um, successful and right. would be uh, accessible. Um, and uh, we launched with um, lemon and tangerine, and we actually had a third um, with our initial flavor offering, apple cinnamon, which was unusual. Yeah, it was awesome, <laughs> but unusual, and and uh, you know it we didn't quite it didn't quite yeah um, survive. We all have our <laughs> we all have our babies that yeah. are like, wait, what do you mean? Like, I come have, on, guys. Yeah, I have I have hopes of at least revitalizing that one as a uh, you know maybe a seasonal. I know it's funny. Item. Like our nutty lemongrass is kind of not our winter skew and it's mm-hmm. my favorite flavor mm-hmm. like hands down and sometimes when people say okay we'll take your top three and it doesn't make it into the mix I feel like baby's been put in the corner <laughs> like I get this like nobody puts exactly. baby in the corner I'm like get her in there but you can't you yeah. know they can't all be mm-hmm. you know so anyway I I, I feel you Maybe on that time um and so that's so, great so I mean yeah. it's amazing and so you know, going for just like a couple of seconds because then we're going to wrap up. But can you talk a little bit? So brokers, mm-hmm. right? So because this is where like I love having you here because you have the actual experience of like being on the brand side now, but you also just have this breadth of experience of like being in this ecosystem for a long time. So do you, how do you get, I mean, how do you actually sell your water into places? Do mm-hmm. you have different people that sell it into those retail accounts and a different team to do the mission aligned accounts, as you call them, and different people to do e-commerce? Like, are there different sales teams? Is it one sales team? Does everyone, do you go do, I mean, how do right you do now, it? Yeah. So right now we do have um, a director of e-commerce and his um, uh, um area of responsibility includes our Amazon platform, our, our uh, DTC platform, and all of our digital media right. that we're doing. Um, and he's done a fantastic job in less than a year right. wow. of really catalyzing um, a tremendous amount of growth in that space and presence um, because his, his um, goals are not just to, not, not simply to just drive uh, sales, sales and revenue, um, but also to raise brand awareness. Right, because it's the it's the place where you right. can speak directly yes. to yes. your consumer. A thousand yeah. percent Amazing. It's more efficient. It's you yeah. know, it, yes, and there. and for a startup, you know, we you know we um, I guess we're not going to have time to touch on this, but you know, we are super fortunate to have right um, a, a you know a celebrity element right. to. We this didn't even brand. get to. It's so interesting though, if you think about Come it, back, it's really we'll interesting. Two. But it's cool that the, in all the talk that we've had about. Mm-hmm the brand we mm-hmm. we haven't really talked about the fact that Jaden Smith started it right, right. because you Which can is, have a celebrity start your brand but at the end of the day it needs to have a team and it needs yep. to have people that love yep. it and so you know and I think we are incredibly fortunate that we have the best possible scenario I think for for having the, this dynamic in the mix and that it's this this it was Jaden's idea um he's very genuinely he and his family are very genuinely dedicated to make something making something of just um and they're not just spokespeople right they're not paid spokespeople we don't we don't pay influencers right um I don't you know I maybe we'll get there at some point but we'll do it in the context of advertising because that's right. what it is yeah um and we are uh you know, we're fortunate though that we have that that kind of genuine. Yeah, you have a safety net in a way for, too. Yeah, and it, it, it's also it's a a way to tell help us tell our story right. and amplify it. Um, but we do it very selectively. Right. We, we engage them very selectively. And and is there a team that's actively trying to open retail yeah, accounts? Yeah, so, sorry. Um, yeah. So yes, are we we have um, digital and um, we have our VP of sales who is. Primarily focused on um, brick and mortar and uh, and that mission aligned channel between um, our VP of sales and our our, our CEO. Right. Um, all of us, frankly, you know, yeah. I I actually am, I'm uh, 
drove the uh, relationship with American, which right. is something that was really exciting. That is very cool. <laughs> um, you know, we're, we're a very, very small team. And I think the reason why I brought up the Smiths was because I was going to say, like, despite the fact that they are part of Just, you know, we're like any other startup. We still have a very small budget. Right. You know, just because you have people who have a lot of means and a lot of resources, yeah. it doesn't mean that we have those right. means and resources within yeah. our own, the, the, the confines of, of our business. Absolutely. And we have to, we still are responsible for, you know, creating a viable business. Yes. Um, so, yeah, so we're working with limited means. We have a very small team. Um, and the vi- and we don't a, have, yeah. we don't have, you know, we don't have a field Right. sales team. That's something that we haven't invested in because, again, coming back to that idea of channel strategy and, right. and prioritizing where you're going to put your resources, yeah. that's just something we don't do demos. We right. are rarely. And, and if we do, um, we work with uh, the team from Pinata. Yep. Josh Wand, the, the yep. Force Brand spinoff. Um, they're fantastic and, and super flexible and enable us to, when we have an activation, yep. we don't do demos in, in retail right. environments, but when we have an activation and we need brand ambassadors You have there, a gig, have, as they call them. Yes. We exactly. just interview them because, uh, you know, as we expand, we definitely need more people yeah. to be doing stuff. They're great. And that's, yeah. you know, that's very, I think, money well spent yeah. um, because, you know, they are folks who come in and, and you know, do a little bit of a training right. with them and they're able to speak to and um, represent to you well. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Um, so, you know, we don't have, it's basically like one or two people right. who are concentrating on any one of these channels. But it's interesting that it's not, it's not the typical, like, you know, ready to drink kind of model, which in, I think in and of itself makes it different and kind of interesting and, mm-hmm. you know, I, I don't know. I think the whole thing's really, really fun. I think, you know, it's, uh, you know, it's interesting to market a product like water because every, we're, we're all human. We all have to drink water. Right. Right. So, and, and the way I define our target market is, um, basically our, our, our consumer is someone who believes that they can vote with their dollars. Yeah. And that cuts across all demographic, socioeconomic, any sort of, you know, standard issue marketing metrics. Right. Um, And I feel strongly that we should keep it that way. Yeah. And um, uh, at least to a degree, at least to a sort of a strategic understanding, because this is meant to be a brand that that should be accessible because we all are invested in this, right? Yeah. What just stands for, taking a step in the right direction, the impact of this product of any one particular carton of just is multiplied and there is a real positive impact to it. You know, again, the the one carton of just is a 74% reduction in the amount of carbon impact compared to a plastic bottle. Um, If we all hold hands and take this same step together, uh, then it it represents a significant positive impact on the environment. And I don't think that should be winnowed down to any sort of particular demographic. Um, and that's, you know, that, and then ends up impacting the kinds of conversations we have about how we're building brand awareness, how we're talking with our, um, our, our various accounts and different channels and, it's, I mean, thank you so much. I think, you know, this, it, there was a lot in here for mm-hmm. a lot of people mm-hmm. to think about. And, like, I think the product development and brand going together and, like, really knowing who you are and really having sort of your why, you know, mm-hmm. your big why behind mm-hmm. it. So, I mean, it's funny because I have a feeling I know what you're going to say. What <laughs> would be the – and this is the last question because I'm getting the signal – what would be the biggest sort of singular piece of advice you could offer someone who's starting a, you know, consumer packaged good food company right now? Yeah, it, it's that stay focused. Yeah. And define, define why, why yeah. exactly. Um, and, and, and keep coming back to it. Like find a way to keep reminding yourself, like pick a person maybe outside of your, um, outside of your, your company structure and say like, this is, this is my reason. This is my North star. Yep. Remind me of that yeah. every so often. Yeah. Um, because I, you know, I'm sure you know this, like you, you start your yeah. own business and it's all of a sudden you're doing accounting and HR and this, and you lose sight of yep. what's really important. Yeah. You need to remember what's important. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, thank you so much for being here. Jeet, thank you for being our engineer today. 
Um, and thank you for letting me go a little bit over time. <laughs> Keep listening to, uh, to In the Sauce. We have a bunch of awesome, um, all different people from all different parts. I have someone who does like logistics coming on. I'm so excited. But um, lots of different people to help. And Kara, thank, thank you me. so much for your time this and for blast. all of your thoughtfulness. And um, I'm definitely going to go online and get myself a case of this. Awesome. In the Sauce is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can also find us at facebook.com slash heritage radio network. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Subscribe to the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join the HRN family by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.